0: Also, before we get started, I just want to remind you that I am not a doctor. Before beginning an intermittent fasting protocol or making changes to your medication, I highly recommend that you speak to your doctor. Hi everyone. Thanks for joining today. Today we have on Lesia Kuzik. She lives in Boston. She's originally from Ukraine. She is in her 50s and she has been fasting since 2018. During 2018, she received a diabetes, pre-diabetes diagnosis, and she began fasting. In the beginning, she did quite a bit of extended fasting and then moved into a maintenance approach where she eats daily with some more extended fasts thrown in. Lesia's story is very interesting because she was able to get her A1c from the mid-sixes to low fives, which is where she maintains now. She was also able to lose quite a bit of weight. Her weight had topped out around 260 and had gotten down to 150, 160. She has since gained back some of that weight, 20, 25 pounds, and that's due to stress. Obviously, she has a lot going on with respect to her home country and it's been a very difficult year for her. So we talk a little bit about how her fasting and her health have been impacted by the stress that she has been under during this last year. And we also talk about the truth of life which is not everything is easy all the time and at some points fasting can be hard and what you what you do with that when it becomes hard. So I think this episode is one that is really important because it shows the other side of fasting. Obviously, when you're in the beginning, it's very exciting. You lose a lot of weight. You get your health back on track right away, and that's great. But once you transition into maintaining, it's, it's a different ballgame, and we talk a lot about that. I think you'll get a lot out of this episode. I know that I did uh, since she has been fasting for a much longer period of time than I have, and I learned a lot from our conversation, and I really hope you enjoy it. Hi, Lesia, I'm so happy to speak to you today. Well,
1: thank you for having me.
0: I cannot wait to hear your story, and I can't wait for the listeners to hear it as well. Before we get going, maybe you can just tell me a little bit about yourself, where you live, where you came from, what kind of work you
1: do, that kind of thing. Um. I live in Boston uh, for the last five years or so, so a pandemic got me here, and I am actually an accountant, so I sit all day long, and I don't really uh, move much uh, because of this endless winter in Boston. Oh, gosh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Are you there by yourself? Are you married? Do you have kids or anything like that? Uh, yes, I have a family, and I... um. Uh, live right on the edge of the boston city thankfully right on the uh, ocean and i have a beautiful um scenery and i have to make an effort to get out and walk and uh run if possible but of course we have today like three inches of slush it's like rain and snow and uh ugliest ever weather but anyway looking forward to summer
0: yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, there's a few reasons that I was really excited to speak to you. And one of those is that you've been doing this for a really long time, since 2018. And there's not many people that I come across that have been at this for such a long time. Maybe you can bring us back to 2018, what was happening then with your health, your
1: weight, uh, just just kind of what you what brought you to fasting. Well, actually, that we will have to go way, way farther. I am actually, um, I have been, uh, obese or maybe even morbidly obese all my life. And, um, I have to tell you, I'm in my, um, fifties right now and I am child of, um, Ukrainian. Um, I am from Ukraine originally and I immigrated to United States, uh, just a little bit over 20 years ago. And I um, will tell you a little bit of the story. So I am a child of um, survivors of Ukrainian Holodomor, which is um, a a Holocaust when uh, basically um, situation when the Stalin tried to exterminate Ukrainian uh, population as a nation completely. And at the time, a fat child was considered a healthy child. So the child in the family was fed nonstop. So by the age of four or five, when I was very cheeky and really puffy, my mother took me first to doctors and that's when I first was put on a diet and since then I was under medical supervision uh tried to lose weight so I got and I am really petite woman I'm only 5'1 uh I went all the way up with literally no success all the way my highest weight at uh, the age of probably 40 45 went all the way up to 250 260 so i was morbidly obese whole my life regardless what diets under medical supervision no medical supervision all my life i was under doctors reduced diets anything you wanted uh nothing ever worked besides the fact that they completely slowed down or not to say killed my metabolism. Because all I remember, I had low fat, no fat, reduced calories, little tiny, teeny bits of food all day long. And a uh, result was uh, most probably full-blown diabetes because nobody ever tested until I came all the way to United States. And I, at the time we lived in uh, Washington DC and then eventually in uh, uh, Baltimore for work, right? And we belong to John Hopkins University. Uh, okay. And then, um, but I have to tell you that I always had to exercise a lot because I was always, you um, advised that I have to run walk swim and do all those things and I always done it because this is what the doctor told me from early childhood that I always have to do that so uh, when I lived in Baltimore for 10 years I lived specifically across one of the best Baltimorean gyms which had like five pools with like different water temperatures so i would go every single day to a gym and i would swim two miles a day and i was at 250 260 pounds so obviously i have to tell you that low calorie diets and a lot of exercise do not work for weight loss
0: Did you ever lose weight or was it just really like up, up, up? And then, well, uh, I was just staying right there. I was very healthy,
1: but I was very overweight, healthy woman. Yeah. So uh, it is what it is and then in about maybe 2016 or 2017 i am absolutely accidentally somewhere on uh, social media i came across um someone mentioned a book of the, uh, dr fang jason fang about the um obesity code i read it over overnight and i uh, it made total sense to me and i started fasting and i uh, by then i was Already I asked my doctor to um, do the some uh, blood testing and they told me, girl, you're you're healthy. There's nothing to really fast. You're just extremely overweight, but there is nothing wrong with you. <laughs> you're healthy. But then uh, I never had a high blood pressure. I never had cholesterol or anything, but I was uh, really on the borderline of uh, prediabetes diabetes. So it just catching her- up with me. Okay. Did they test that was the first time ever somebody actually did. Uh, mm-hmm. But I guarantee you that just because I was providing such a healthy style life, it was catching up with me because being that obese is very hard. It's very hard on your body, regardless how you look at it. I'm not even talking about the fact that dieting whole your life is really extremely difficult because it creates a bunch of mental stuff it's very hard because you're fighting your addictions your body image problems and all of that stuff but that's totally different thing but when you kind of make peace with it and you choose your heart Yes, I think it took me, I found it fasting relatively easy because first of all, it's extremely exciting to lose weight. It gives you a bunch of energy that you really never had. You always had to push yourself to go and run outside. And here you had it naturally because fasting gives you that energy. And I'm one of those people, Who actually tolerates longer fasting easy I find it much easier for me it's easier to fast multiple days and then have a break and then fast multiple days because for some reason for me it is I guess the hunger hormones who go to a baseline and those are like easier days and it gives you like a sense of accomplishment and gives you some kind of pride and it's like you see the results better so yes i did quite um impressive eight months straight of weekly roll back to back longer fasting and i dropped down my a1c to 5.0 5.3 Where did it start? Do you remember? Uh, 6.5. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And that's when I'm staying for my, I believe, fifth or what what we are now, 2023 now? Yes. So it's it's going to a six year now. So I, along the way, I dropped about 75 pounds. So when you got, when you had-
0: pre-diabetes when when was your 6.5 a1c was that how many years ago was 2000
1: that? uh i think 2000 beginning of 2017 okay so did they try to put you on metformin or something in the beginning uh, they tried and i think since then every like three months uh we were doing uh this uh blood tests and metformin actually did not really work it, it just changed like for one point or something but then i started doing the fasting and a1c like dumped like this and the doctor said hey girl if you're doing that do that like keep doing what you're doing it's Every single time I would show up to a doctor like 20 pounds lighter and my, my A1C was like significantly lower, the doctor was like, cancel that, cancel that. It's been six years. I am like medication-free woman.
0: Do you still get your A1C checked or is that something that you uh, really do? Yes,
1: more? I make a point to go twice a year. Okay. And it's always like in the five somewhere? It's in the low fives. Yes, because I probably would freak out if it goes up. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. so so weight goes up and down but a1c stays yeah how is your diet are you low carb or what what do you eat my diet is yes i have never done anything so-called keto because i don't believe in any of those things but my diet is i eat only real whole foods i am extremely low carb my carbs are coming only from um vegetables green um, leafy vegetables occasional fruits i do not eat any starchy uh veggies i have very rarely some kind of piece of like rye bread but that would be like once a month or so and it's extremely low carb i eat um dairy i eat meat i eat fish it's it's very um um diverse it's a good uh, diet and it keeps me very healthy i eat cheeses i eat all sorts of things but i'm trying to stay very low carb okay
0: yeah that makes sense maybe you can walk me back to you said you did some longer fast in the beginning and mm-hmm. you were doing back-to-back longer fast how long were those fasts would you say in between three and five days every week three and five days and then how long were your refeed windows like a couple days or a
1: day yes uh I would do three days fast, two days refeed. I do five days fast, two, three days refeed. Depends on, on my life. I didn't have like a set schedule. If I had the guests in my house or I had somebody or whatever, mind you, I had to feed my family. I have to cook every single day. Right. So it, you get used to all that stuff. It's so, of course it takes the discipline. It takes the uh, willpower, but guess what? I mean, nothing takes, tastes as good as as, as being healthy. Were you checking your blood sugar during that time? Actually, I could not get back then any of those uh, continuous uh, blood glucose uh, things because they were not as available as now. Now you can buy them even off the internet. So no, I could not get them. And um, coincidentally, coincidentally, my husband is also diabetic now. Back then he was... um, Pre-diabetic, and because he is genetically predisposed to that whole his side of the family is and we've been uh like talking about it for very many years because he is also uh quiet um his librarian he's sitting uh a lot he doesn't make as much as of an effort and um his doctors uh he he doesn't make as much as a an effort to exercise or do or do like much of the moving around and doesn't watch his diet as much, even though I'm trying to prepare more of the, on the low carb side uh, dishes in a house, but I cannot necessarily control 24 hours, um, like the foods that he gets outside of the house. So many years ago, when his endocrinolo- end- endocrinologist told him to watch his diet, because this is rich man disease, and it will definitely catch up with him. That somehow stuck with me, and I said, okay, so I know it will catch up with me also, because I am in this predicament when this, my weight is, incredibly big component to all of that but my weight would not like budge regardless of what i'm doing everything what the medical community tells me to do i'm doing since i was a little kid but it's like not budging so for me fasting was a real uh golden bullet yeah so.
0: it's you're right you know um and a, a lot of people think they can be healthy if if they have extra weight. And when you're younger, I think you can be, but as you age, I do think it becomes harder. And I think you unfortunately, you know, realize that. And it, it eventually will catch up to you whether it's diabetes or high blood pressure or just your joints are hurting more. The extra weight just makes life a lot harder over the long term, I think. You I don't know. No, now yeah. med-
1: medical community even because it it's also very difficult to even talk uh to most of the doctors, uh, because I had to change the uh cities and I had to change the different uh, uh like insurances and different cl- clinics. Like, sometimes you're walking into a doctor's and they some of them are, are very friendly and look at you, and some of them don't even want to look at you because they already like somehow you're more of the like invisible because the weight makes somehow um a little bit. Um there is there is a stigma unfortunately attached to that. I understand that uh, in the last few years or so the, the 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 mindset is little bit shifting, but in my opinion, it's shifting in a little bit wrong direction. instead of trying to do a little more research as far as metabolism, in my honest opinion is the least researched part as far as the science go but now they trying to tell you why don't you accept who you are why don't you accept your body well let me be honest with you if I cannot bend and tie my shoes that's what bothers me more versus what I uh, I mean if I was a teenager my body image in the mirror it's a one thing But I also have a totally different set of challenges because being a larger person have a little bit different set of challenges. So I don't have to work on me trying to accept the way I look. It would be very nice and helpful if the metabolism um, issues got a little bit more of the research type because currently I feel like we have a much better um, success rate if in um, treating, you know, certain, you know, cancers and lots of different things, but not as far as obesity. As far as obesity goes, lots of people using their willpower, losing weight, and then ninety-nine percent of them gaining weight right back. Not because they lost willpower but because they are body go, well, why? That is open question.
0: Yeah, you're right. And it's a very tricky subject because on the one hand, you want to support body positivity, which I totally agree with. It's not about your appearance. It's more about health. And nobody's saying you need to you know, be thin as a rail, but as long as you're healthy, you don't have diabetes, you don't have high blood pressure. Who cares if you have a few extra pounds, but yes. you got to get the weight off to a point where you can at least be healthy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, that, that that balancing act is somehow should be because sometimes uh, when they say, well, maybe we should stop like weighing patients in a doctor's office. I think it's like, you know, it's totally the opposite side. Yes, we do have to weigh people and tell them that it's maybe I don't know. I had been now in all spectrum of the way. And I know, like my ideal weight according to the charts would be probably the good one thirty or one forty, but I don't necessarily feel the best. The best I feel when I am one fifty to one sixty. That's when I felt the best, and when I stayed there for uh, for two years or so, and I felt the the healthiest. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I understand. So uh, let me take you back a little bit to your journey. So you did about eight months of some, you know, back to back sort of longer fast cut by a couple refeed days. And you, you just did that consistently to try to get your diabetes under control. You lost a lot of weight. And then did you, What at what point did you get to that 150, 160 range? Was that like eight months in or was it a little after that?
1: it was eight months in and i have decided that i do not want to lose any more weight and obviously my a1c was already very stable and i said like you know what i do not want it to lose any more weight and obviously the um the thinner you get then the weight loss slows your body's the body is extremely smart, so you can't really manipulate anything. And then it comes to a point that you become like malnourished. So you don't want to lose your nails, you don't want to lose your hair, you don't you don't want to lose. Your body gives you all signs. So then um, you kind of get to transition to maintain your uh, you know weight, and that's when they're really tricky what starts.
0: I really can't wait to get into this because, you know, I've been struggling with my own maintenance issues. I want to hear about your maintenance issues. So you did the extended fasting for eight months, got everything under control, entered maintenance. What did your maintenance fasting protocol look like?
1: That is a lot of fasting until today. So I fast every single day, minimum 20 hours a day and that is just my normal i just cannot really eat anymore because my body is just used to it and it's normal for me but i need to do at least um few days either every week if i um if schedule allows or at least monthly five days or so, because those longer fasts are incredibly beneficial for me to get rid of any inflammation. Believe it or not, I haven't been sick with any viral um, situation since 2017. Disclaimer, I do have all boosters all vaccines everything because i live in a very big city and i believe in science i do have everything but and also because uh my husband works for a huge university and teaches in where is the thousands of the uh students so uh we're protected from uh, every possible um way but i need to uh, tell you that I haven't had any cold or flu probably since 2017 so the immune system works perfectly I used to have like achy joints I used to have uh all all sorts of like almost I never been uh, officially diagnosed like with arthritis or anything of that kind of stuff but like if I feel like there is something a little bit not that I don't feel that great, 48 hours water fast will fix me. And I don't know if it's a mental thing or this is something, but this is how it works in the last six years for me.
0: Wow, incredible. So you do a daily fast minimum of 20 hours and
1: then- yeah. I mean, you- I'm, I'm not that exact. I don't look at my, uh my, I used to have apps to count for me. I don't use them mm-hmm. a- anymore. Um, I mean, I, I'm not really. And I do have to tell you that because since early childhood, really, my like- Uh, brain and stomach uh, relationship is totally screwed up. I don't really exactly have a healthy relationship with food. So I do have to make a point uh, that let's eat now because uh, I have something, something, something in the schedule. So I will not have time later or whatever. So it depends. I have to make those decisions. Or if I really see something that it's really making me crave, I'm going to eat it. Uh, i uh, i'm not saying food does not really control me a- anymore into those like addiction type of things that it was before but the funny part is that i was never really addicted in my life to a sugar stuff i have never had a real sugar in 20 years yeah wow. i could have like a piece of cake or something but I would never like crave that before because I was told by my doctors don't eat sugar don't eat cookies my mom would never feed me that so but somehow I managed to be that uh, big
0: so did you are you just somebody that eats a lot of quantity is that where you kind of no is that no I just
1: I just don't have any metabolism so
0: yeah it's been the years and years of dieting um yeah I'm sorry to hear that. So you do, you know, you're a daily eater. Then you add maybe like a five day fast every month. If you can get it yeah. to kind of control from inf- inflammation and things like that, that yes. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And so you've been doing that ever since you initially lost the weight. Now, before we got, before we started recording, you told me that due to a lot of the stress because you're Ukrainian, you've had a lot of uh, understandably stress related to what's going on in your home country and maintenance has become difficult for you can you can you speak to some of those challenges
1: in a unfortunately all my family is in ukraine so i also uh, lost my brother um not so long ago and the stress is a huge component to um like a weight loss so it happened that I do monitor my my weight daily. I don't stress out about it because weight loss is not linear. Even when I was um, losing weight, the weight goes up and down all the time. And I can give you an example because a lot of people are very focused on the numbers and the numbers are good to know, but they are not actually telling the, full, the, the whole story. Example is, If you, I I look at it this way. So I look at the general trend, but I never look on a daily number. Actual true weight number for me is a weight number on my fifth day of true water fast. That's when I believe this is how much I weigh. Because the next day, I actually do my own, kefir for many many years home and i do my homemade kefir because my my family loves it and i i feel like this is very beneficial for me because it has all probiotics and it's very gentle it's
0: yogurt
1: right it's yogurt. yeah it's uh i don't know every culture has it it's a yogurt and it's full of the probiotics basically like um, sour milk and it's very gentle to wake up your gut so you never have any digestive issues, regardless how long your fast is. So it doesn't matter; it never gives you any digestive issues, and it's very gentle for you, and it's extremely good for your um, for your gut to wake up with a, with a good bacteria and everything. So you 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 drink a cup of whatever it is, and after that you're good to eat whatever your food is, and you're good to go. So you um, you take that, and it's a liquid, and it's heavy, or actually. Hey, black coffee drinker, yeah, drink two cups of coffee. You will be two pounds heavier. Are you father? No. Here you go. You can eat bowl of soup. Next morning, personally me, I'll be seven pounds heavier because yeah, if you have salted that soup, soup. Yeah. So what? Mm-hmm. So yeah. what? Do I have to stress out because of that? No. So this is what it is. I weigh it. But stress yes, it's an incredibly powerful thing. Maybe it's the woman thing I don't know but I did manage gradually to uh depend on the day in this year year and a half, regardless how I fast regardless what I do as far as my eating habits as far as uh, uh, as far as my um um everything else like um, I have like a home gym I, I I try to keep up with everything I still gradually um, uh, um gain about 20-25 pounds but thankfully like A1C is still stays pretty low and good and well hopefully hopefully I will be able to uh, maybe get, so I'm 175 pounds right now but if I will be able to get down to 150-160 uh, I would be very happy but I cannot stress out even more on a to add more to what I'm already <laughs> stressed because it is what it is it's life and hopefully it will improve in some ways and it will be uh, i will be able to um somehow um take care of this weight
0: you're right yeah i mean and i was telling you too uh, i've had some changes in my life too and the maintenance has become a little bit harder for me as well and it for me, it makes me feel a little bit hungrier. It makes fasting a little bit harder. What do? You, how do you feel with the stress? Like, how is it
1: manifesting for you? Oh, absolutely. It, it makes, uh, well, he, here's the thing. Like the hunger is always comes in two different forms. It's always uh, physical and, and mental. So the mental part is really much, much, much more difficult to manage when I'm stressed out. So and then I have like one downfall. It's like really dark chocolate. That's when I'm like really wanted, it and it's like, oh, I really need it. Then what kind of fast it is? It's not a fast anymore. It's blown, you know. So uh, yeah. And I have a million tricks with the blue, you know, the the, the dark coffee and the, and the tea and walking around and trying to distract myself and this and that. And then eventually it's like, maybe it's still good for probably for the, like a blood sugar, but all this push and pull mental, it's really difficult. Yeah. Do you
0: find that you're eating more in your eating window because of the stress? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. Uh, it's that, and then it's the same thing as you. Like sometimes I'll, because I, I normally close my eating window right after lunch, and then sometimes those hunger, you know, the emotional hunger will start really creeping up, and then I'll eat something yeah. later in the evening or afternoon, and then there you go. There's your fast. Like it's it's kind of ruined, and then I just kind of restart the clock, and it just
1: exactly. I get very
0: frustrated. <laughs>
1: It's very yeah. frustrating, and it's like instead of like it's just adding to to all of that, and it's just like yes.
0: But even through all of that, you're not going to give up with on fasting. Like you know that you're going to continue, right?
1: I have to continue because it actually makes me feel good. I I at one point at one point I even thought of fasting as being addictive but then it felt like that would be really funny because no (laughs) it's not really addictive but i do belong and i sometimes monitor some social media groups when it's a lot of people like a lot of people like over a hundred thousand people and the people sometimes uh, make statements like this but i think it's not exactly addiction per se An addiction i would say it's more of the excitement part of thing when the people see it the results and those are extremely exciting especially when you have like health improving and the people are just like wow that's something that you don't have to really put a bunch of medications inside you and see this result that's really amazing
0: yeah and i i'm really glad that you're telling this aspect of your story because like you said we all get excited when we lose weight initially and our health improves initially and it it's just such an amazing feeling, but you, that high can't last forever. And once you get into maintenance, which is gonna be the majority of the rest of your life, it's like, then the real challenge starts. And that's when it gets hard. Then you really gotta just push through every day. It's an everyday thing. It's a habit you have to maintain. And it that's when it gets hard.
1: That's when it gets hard. And it's also gets hard just to be a woman because <laughs> I have a man who become diabetic just a few years ago as it had been predicted 20 years ago and when he was seeing all this my struggle a few years ago and he was like whoa, whoa, whoa my whoa, my woman doing all those things and whatever whatever it's good to but but watching all those things from the sidelines and be like proud of your wife doing all those things it's a one thing And then come back one day from the doctor with a bunch of prescriptions, it's totally different things. And now five years later, all of a sudden when his A1C is almost eight and he's taking a huge amount of prescriptions and being scared with insulin and all of that, he started doing fasting and all he can manage is 16 hours a day and his A1C is falling half. And I'm thinking like, wow, that is really unfair. That's the woman, not that I don't wish him well, I do. I truly, yes, I am. But I'm saying the woman hormonal system is so complicated. The woman has to fight first five days to get this much and the man can only sneeze and have it just like that.
0: It is unfair. I agree with you completely. And maybe you can actually speak to that a little bit because uh, I'm entering, I'm 42 years old and I'm entering perimenopause. But when you started in 2017, you were probably perimenopause or menopause. Yeah,
1: I actually, uh, that 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 part is huge. It's actually exactly extremely difficult period of the time. Yes, it's going to mess up a lot. Yeah.
0: What did, what did you notice when you were trying to fast with the hormonal changes? Was it harder to fast? Was it just the slower results? Fasting, were slower?
1: fasting is actually actually when when i i was elect- in like in the active those uh hot flushes uh, time that i would even wake up middle of the night when my hot flashes were like out of control and i never knew when my um like months of the time arriving because there was just the time was like unbelievable and the fasting actually normalized the things for a while so i would say from the hormonal standpoint it it does balance out for a little bit i will not speak to lots of things because i have not been successful of finding a doctor which would be willing to actually test my hormones i'm still cannot find a doctor who would even prescribe or suggest anything to reduce my stress like honestly all they say do yoga and i said I've, i've done yoga like at least once a day for an hour for the last six years and um
0: yeah you're highlighting the challenges of being a woman i know people don't take menopause seriously like oh you know it's and plus everybody experiences menopause with different levels of severity in terms of symptoms and things like that. And I just, I don't think the medical community quite understands it, but I know just the, you know, and I, I have an episode that'll come out after your episode where I talk about it a little bit. My insulin needs have doubled in perimenopause. So I know that it's, you know, that's
1: a real thing. <laughs> that is very real thing, but I don't think it's really understood. Uh- very well or I'm, I'm not sure because i don't want to like offend anybody as far as or i well, i'm under impression right now that if particular issue doesn't bring immediate financial reward then then issue is not necessarily being treated so I don't know if this is not necessarily researched enough or it doesn't have as much as financial, um, I guess, reward or something. I don't understand because when I said to a doctor, like, is there anything that we can do? They say, would you like to be prescribed something to sleep better? And I said, not really, but if we can kind of, because, I am as a European person, I kind of not really happy that we're here always treating a symptom, always treating a symptom. I always feel like if we would kind of look into cause of the problem, maybe possibly we don't have to treat that many symptoms, but maybe I'm wrong. But I always have a feeling that every single time I go to a doctor, they always say, oh, you have a headache? Please, here, here, your pill. But why do you have a headache? You know? So when I said, like, maybe this possibly, well, we have this incredibly difficult time right now. For me, I I have this and this and this and that. Maybe there is a way to kind of test those uh, cortisol or something. They're like, I don't know about that. So, like, I wasn't successful. I don't know if that's even possible to test like on a literally official scientific level.
0: Yeah. uh, I mean, the only thing I could say to you is uh, as I've, you know, I've been through many, many doctors as a type one diabetic. And uh, if I feel like a certain doctor isn't understanding me or not giving me what I need, I just go to another doctor. I don't hang around and just say, okay, well, whatever you think is best, like, you know, your body the best, if you feel like you need something like if if you need some additional medication or some additional help for your to manage your symptoms and your stress then just keep going just go on to the next doctor
1: see i i feel like um i don't know maybe i am overly excited but i feel like i have been like all my life pretty like healthy i mean besides the fact that i was like a larger individual but Thank God somehow it didn't really manifest itself into being in some kind of sickness. But even that thing didn't like, uh, I'm so thankful that I found that fasting and I was really um, happy with the results.
0: Yeah, I mean, fasting can obviously treat a lot of uh, health ailments, but not all of them. And
1: unfortunately, (laughs) yeah.
0: And I'm I'm just waiting to see how I'm just barely at the beginning of my hormonal perimenopausal journey. Just yeah. so I know it's gonna get worse before it gets better. Are you on the other side? Are you in full menopause now or not yet? <sighs> I am uh, almost dead. <laughs> I'm Almost dead. You know the shocking thing is it la- It can last for like five or ten years. I mean, it can just go on and on forever. And that's well, that's, that's what the they thing. say. Yes. Yeah, yeah. so and i maybe that's why doctors get frustrated by it just because it lasts for so long and they just don't know how to help you on for such a prolonged period of time but i don't don't
1: really think there is any like particular task to tell you uh i mean or maybe they're not necessarily advised to be performed or something i don't know really honestly because i don't know how how, how the doctor knows besides asking you like just to very simple simple question but that's not necessarily answers everything
0: yeah yeah well i'm sorry you're going through that <laughs> and obviously you have well, a lot let's... of other stress in your life and i know we, we all do at certain points it's like like you said it's never linear and uh it, it can become
1: difficult are you uh are you still swimming a lot or what, what's your physical activity like well i uh summers i have ocean right on my back yard which is absolutely uh awesome and uh, beautiful uh no unfortunately i did not find a gym in my area with the pool no but we had a beautiful yoga studio which closed with pandemic so now i have bought like a little lemon mirror in my house so i have everything right in my up here in my bedroom so yes mindfulness um helps i will suggest everyone and everybody to take few mindfulness courses that is a godsend lifesaver it improves life in very different and very unexpected um ways uh if someone is not stressed out to a place where i am right now with all this war and everything then of course meditations and stuff like that is extremely helpful um Yoga is amazing.
0: I actually was uh I'd like to ask you about that. Lululemon mirror, do you do you like it? Do you use it a lot?
1: I do. It's um that thing has thousands and thousands of different classes. I found ah uh, very um helpful things, classes, dance classes, just um they call them differently, but uh, they're more known like a Zumba type of thing. And I like yoga a lot because yoga is something. Uh, for me it's almost like a meditation that is it's just like you're moving your body and it makes your mind to shut up and to be quiet but you also move in your body which is like win-win i love
0: that yeah i love that i actually recently started doing tai chi And Mm -hmm. uh, it's, I think it's sort of the same thing, although yoga may be more high, higher, uh, more movement. Tai Chi is really, really, really slow.
1: (laughs) It's very slow. I did it in, uh, back in Baltimore, I did it in, in a pool and uh, it's, it's amazing. (laughs) I just don't have patience for that, but yeah, it's, it's great. It's great. It's, it's, it's basically uh, very good for your balance and everything. It's amazing.
0: I, I love it. Um, well, I want to, I want to just kind of close with you recapping a few things and just because you've been at this for so long and you started out with a lot of enthusiasm and you did some really long fast and you got your A1C under control and you lost a bunch of weight and then you were maintaining and then you had a lot of stress come up in your life. Like what's some advice for people that are, you know, getting into this or they're maybe they're entering maintenance and they're worried, like, am I going to be able to do this forever? Like what, what's your mindset? Like how how do you propel yourself forward even when you're going through all of
1: these things? Oh my God. Don't be afraid. Tomorrow's going to be another day. It's really nothing. You don't have to stick to a schedule. There is nothing. So even if you have a piece of cake today, tomorrow's going to be another day. I mean, don't have a cake. It's too sweet anyway. So it's not, it's not really good by any means, but um. I think, after a while, after a while, I have never listened, actually, to my body. That's unfortunate part, because I was like, so busy trying to do whatever the other people told me to do, to die, to run, to do this, to do that, to do this, to do that. Then I I came to this country and I had to survive as an immigrant. I have to work in 10,000 jobs and do this and do that and make life happen and drive around and do this and do that. So until I absolutely accidentally landed on a mindfulness class, which lasted um, eight weeks and teach me that if I don't listen to my body and my body gives me all signals that what we need then nothing really actually will change because all the impulses that we're doing we think that we know but it's not it's actually our bodies better know what we need So fasting is hard. But if you think about it, being sick is much harder. So that's kind of like my take on it.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh it's choose your hard, right? Do you want to yeah? Fasting's hard, but being, you know, unhealthy is also hard. So choose your hard. Uh yeah. And I, and I love your message and I love the fact that you've been doing it for so long and you're doing it even through a time that is probably, it sounds like you've been through a lot of stress in your life, but this might be right up there with one of the hardest times in your life and you're still doing it. So thank you for sharing your message. I really appreciate you coming on. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, good luck with everything and I wish you all the best and um, I really hope things get a little bit easier for you, both, you know, personally and with the war and everything. I just hope that things change soon for you and for you everybody much. in Ukraine.
1: Thank you.
0: OK, talk to you later. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, don't forget to rate and review the podcast. And if you're interested in being a guest, please email me at fastlife with diabetes at gmail.com. Thanks so much. Have a great day.